This is The Open Word with Pastor David Landry. David is the senior pastor of Calvary Chapel Casa Grande in Casa Grande, Arizona. I want you to see two very important aspects of a mature Christian. The ability to speak the truth in love and the ability or the reality of growing up. Just flat out growing up. First of all, speaking the truth in love. You know, there's a lot of people that are more than willing to have one part of that equation okay. They're willing to speak the truth. And they don't really care, you know, what the fallout is. Well, this is just the truth. And if you can't handle the truth, then you're just going to have to deal with it in whatever way. As the body of Christ, we need a firm rudder to keep us on track. The Lord has given us pastors to do just that. They watch over us to be sure we press on toward maturity. Natural growth progression should be from milk to meat. Instead of being like babes and comparing ourselves to others, our measurement standard should be Christ. Pastor David points out that our growth directly correlates to our ability to speak the truth in love. A pastor has his work cut out for him, keeping us on track to grow up. Let's join Pastor David in the book of Acts, chapter 20, verse 28, for the conclusion of our message entitled, Preparation for Missions. We, we, we tend to look out beyond at other places that seem a little bit greener, and it's interesting watching sheep, how, how quickly sheep can get nervous and, and frightened and suddenly dart away and run and hide. Ezekiel chapter 34 is, is full of this illustration or this descriptive language describing God's people as sheep and the leaders of the people as shepherds. And Ezekiel speaks again of shepherds who have, who have gone away or who have been stricken and so suddenly again the sheep are scattered. That, that visual that's there is all throughout the Old Testament. And then in the New Testament, remember in John 10, Jesus describes himself as what? The good shepherd. I am the good shepherd. And to Peter, he particularly says, Peter, feed my sheep. He gives Peter that commission too of feeding the sheep, caring for the sheep, nourishing them with the word of God. And we see these in a multitude of other similar statements all throughout the New Testament. One I want you to look at with me, if you would, and keep your place here in Ephesians, but turn to Acts chapter 20. Go to the left, a couple of streets back, to the book of Acts chapter 20. In Acts chapter 20, Paul is on his way back to Jerusalem, knowing that once he hits Jerusalem, he's going to be arrested and that he will probably not see uh, these men that he's going to be speaking to again. He lands on the coastline south of Ephesus, and he tells them to call for the Ephesian elders to come down and meet him. And so as he's gathered around with the elders from the church or the churches of Ephesus, Paul begins to speak to them directly about their responsibilities to the church as leaders. So in, Ephes- or in Acts chapter 20, verse 28, we read Paul talking to the elders. He says, Therefore take heed to yourselves and to all the flock, among which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers, to shepherd or to pastor the church of God which he purchased with his own blood. For I know this, that after my departure, savage wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock. Also from among yourselves, men will rise up, speaking perverse things, to draw away the disciples after themselves. Again, be a diligent shepherd. 
the call of the one who is called as the shepherd, as the pastor, teacher of a fellowship. He has a severe responsibility, not only of feeding the sheep and caring for the sheep, but also guarding the sheep from any outside or even internal harm that might come to them. We see a really similar warning that Peter gives to us. Go to First Peter, if you would, chapter 5. Peter, who is the one that Jesus spoke to there on that seashore, go and feed my sheep. He understood this concept, even though Peter was a fisherman, he understood the concept of what a shepherd does. In 1 Peter chapter 5, beginning in verse 1, Peter writes, he says, To the elders who are among you, I exhort, I who am a fellow elder and a witness of the sufferings of Christ, and also a partaker of the glory that will be revealed. Verse 2, he says, shepherd the flock of God, pastor the flock of God, which is among you, serving as overseers, not by compulsion, but willingly, not for dishonest gain, but eagerly. Even that word overseers elsewhere uh, has been translated as bishop. So again, we have these words there. Verse 3, he says, don't be as lording over those entrusted to you, but being examples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd appears, you'll receive the crown of glory that does not fade away. It's interesting to note that by the time we are into the writings to the churches here in the New Testament, the position and the the calling and the responsibility of the pastor is being used interchangeably with that of elder and overseer and bishop. They, they, They just kind of mix these through. And I know that some denominations, some churches, use these different phrases of elders and pastors, overseers and bishops, and they put a hierarchy within the church. And I have no great problem with that, but I see it more that these terms are interchangeable changeable as, again, the, the writings are given to the church. And those who shepherd the church correctly, they need to exercise the responsibility, the, again, that the Lord is giving them through the leading of the Holy Spirit and under the direction of the Word of God. Gang, we need to remember that it was and it is and it always will be. It's the Spirit of God working through the Word of God that will nourish the people of God. And if you're getting anything else, it's just not going to be sufficient to feed the body of Christ. All over, we have churches that have myriads of of programs. Man, they've got uh, Monday morning programs, Tuesday morning programs, Thursday night programs, Saturday night programs, all kinds of programs that are happening, and there's nothing wrong with those. We have some churches that are able to give fantastic entertainment, just really great concerts, top-notch concerts, that again, the body of Christ comes and they're they're blessed by, and they, they enjoy that time. There's nothing wrong with those. We have churches that are very strong in fellowship, really strong in relationship with one another, and there's a real connectedness with the body of believers, and that's a great thing to have as a body of believers. There's other churches that, again, in their normal routines, they're, they're filled with all sorts of religious rituals and, and things that they go through on a regular basis, and again, there's nothing wrong with those, but beloved None of that is going to be profitable to the sheep unless they are well-fed through the Word of God, faithfully guarded, 
and then challenged in their walk of faith. We can have a great group of folks that just love each other and we're serving each other, a ton of social programs that go out and minister to our community in great ways. But, beloved, if we're not being fed the Word of God, then that just becomes another social event. These things are good, but it has to be founded on the foundation or based on the foundation of the Word of God being taught, the sheep being guarded from false doctrine, and being challenged in their personal walk to continue to grow in their faith. And that is the pastor-teacher's utmost job description. Feed the sheep, guard the flock, and lead them under the direction of the Holy Spirit. To put it most directly, I really think that my job as pastor-teacher is to make sure that you are the most loved and best-fed sheep in this valley. That's a responsibility that I want to shoot for. I don't think that I'm there yet. I think there's still a lot we need to be doing. But that's the goal. That's, that's, that's the direction we need to go at. Oh, and by the way, those that serve with me as assistant pastors, those that serve with the church or for the church as elders, those who are leaders of various ministries, that's your job description too. To know that the body of Christ here in this place is being fed the best they can, and they're being loved as deeply as possible. And although the ministries of a church might be multiple, the work of the members of the church is what really makes the ongoing growth of the church. These offices, the the responsibility of the offices that Paul gives us in, in verse 11, are to prepare or to equip those who are out and doing the work of ministry. Neither the pastors nor the elders, I don't know if you guys have caught this yet or not, but neither the pastors nor the elders, no matter how many elders we appoint or or bring into the fellowship, we can't do all the work of ministry. And you know what? We weren't called to do all the work of ministry. We were called to prepare and equip and also to uh, give the responsibility to enable the body of believers to do that work of ministry. For us, as leadership, rather whatever the, the gifting might be for us as, as leadership, the area that we need to understand is that sheep that are fed well, sheep that are cared for, and sheep that, that feel safe are going to be sheep that reproduce. And you see, sheep that aren't fed well, sheep that are nervous and, and skittish in things, sheep that feel that they're under attack, they're not going to be reproducing. And it's the responsibility of sheep to reproduce. The shepherd doesn't do the reproducing, though in the great scheme of things, as a sheep, I'm part of that, okay? And I understand that. But it's the sheep that reproduce. It's the sheep that when they are well fed, when they're well cared for, when they're safe, they can go to others and say, you know what, this is a good place to be fed. This, this is a good place to be refreshed. This is a, this is a safe place. It's well-fed sheep that because of the hope of the gospel that's within them, as they're growing in maturity, are able to share the truth of that gospel with a lost and dying world. Those that they rub elbows with during the week, whether it be those that they work with or their neighbors or their friends, or those that they just come in contact with. But beloved, malnourished and fearful sheep will never reproduce, or at least they're not going to reproduce very well. That's why you need to be equipped 
for the work of ministry. In verse 12, where we read that the purpose of those particular gifts is for the equipping, the New King James Version says for the equipping, the King James says for the perfecting of the saints. I find it, again, it's a pretty interesting to note that this word that's translated perfecting or equipping is, is actually kind of a rare word. As a matter of fact, this is the only place in the New Testament where it's used in this sense and in this way. In, in, in secular Greek of the time, it was used quite often. It has the meaning, the actual meaning of the word is to cause or enable or prepare something to be ready for its assigned purpose. We say perfect the sheep or equip the sheep. The word actually means to cause to enable, to prepare something to be ready for its assigned purpose. Again, in, in secular Greek during the time, is used in, in various ways. One of those ways is dealing with broken limbs and, and being healed and made useful again. Someone would have a broken arm, and the, the work of getting that healed and back useful again would, would have the connotation of that word. And that speaks to me of the need that many of us have from one week to the next, sometimes from one day to the next, to receive healing. And, and not so much even physical healing as much as spiritual and emotional healing. And that we, we look at the body on any given time that we come together, and there's a multitude of healings that need to take place. Some, it is deep healings that's going to take a process of time, a process of ministry to that individual or to that family. Others, it's a shorter time, but that work is what we as the church need to be doing. And we do that in equipping the saints, in preparing them, in healing these emotional hurts, so then they can be strong, healthy sheep. The second thing that he speaks about in this word, or how they used the word in secular Greek, was dealing with fishing nets that needed to be mended, preparing, repairing those fishing nets in order that they might catch fish. And again, it's the leadership of the church who assist, who prepare, who equip the body to be what? Fishers of men. In order that all of us together become effective in this ministry of fishing for men. It's part of that, 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 that process of the equipping in order that our lives might be spread out within the world, in that workplace, in the home, and with our friends, with our community, and hopefully to be able to catch more fish, fish for the kingdom. The third thing that I see is this idea of equipping or perfecting deals with the preparation or the repairing of, of ships' sails and ropes in order to, again, they might be ready for ocean voyage. And I love this one, and I think that Paul might even allude to this a little bit down in verse 14 of Ephesians 4, when he says that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by the trickery of men and the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. To me, this carries about the idea of the body of Christ being strengthened in their sails and having a firm and a stout rudder to be able to keep them on track. Not that they wouldn't be tossed, that they wouldn't be wooed by, by false doctrines and teachings that, that bring about, again, confusion and doubt and fear within the body of Christ. That you need to be equipped through the Word of God, by the Spirit of God, to be able to stand firm, though the deceitfulness of man might come in and, and try to draw to, to, to wrong doctrines, to misunderstandings, through cunning craftiness. 
those who would plot against her destruction. Beloved, above all, we all of us need to be equipped, perfected. We need to be mended. We need to be repaired back to full usage. Not not just some of us, but, but all of us together. This call is for the call of the whole body of the church to press on in maturity. The church needs to walk in that unity of faith that we've been speaking about. Unified, though, in the truth. We need to see ourselves as Christ sees us. We need to measure ourselves by His standard, not in comparison with one another. And that brings us really to verse 15. The 15 challenges us to speak the truth in love and to grow up in all things into Him who is the head, Christ. And I want you to see two very important aspects of a mature Christian. The ability to speak the truth in love and the ability or the reality of growing up. Just flat out growing up. First of all, speaking the truth in love. You know, there's a lot of people that are more than willing to have one part of that equation okay. They're willing to speak the truth. And they don't really care, you know, what the fallout is. is, Well, this is just the truth. And if you can't handle the truth, then you're just going to have to deal with it in whatever way. There's no compassion. There's, there's, there's no love. There's no intent that, man, in speaking the truth, I'm going to encourage this brother. I'm going to walk with this sister. I'm going to, again, help them along the way. There's no, uh, again, love, there's no compassion, there's no honest care for those that are hurting. There's no, uh, no thought of lovingly turning the heart of those who wander. I believe those who simply proclaim the truth without that love and without that compassion, they actually drive people away from the truth. To come and declare something and you either have to accept it or not, and or that's it. We're cutting things off. There's no love. There's no compassion to that. Truth must, it should always be spoken. There's no doubt about that. The truth has to be spoken. But, beloved, it needs to be spoken with the heart of that truth teller full of love. And that love is that agape love of God, that self-sacrificing love of God. A few weeks ago, up at uh, the the, uh, Islamic mosque up by ASU, there was an incident that happened. Now, for the last couple of years, Pastor Robert and some others have been going up to this mosque and ministering in what's called the Christian-Islamic dialogue and just sharing with those coming out of the mosque and just speaking with them and and speaking to them about the things of Christ and, and again, the dialogue going on to hopefully be able to open the door to be able to minister the truth of the hope of who Jesus Christ truly is to those who are literally blinded by the Islamic faith. And for two years, Pastor Robert and a group of others from around the Phoenix area have been going there and just loving on those who are caught in the lie of Islam. And again, opening the door of the hope of the gospel. Just a few weeks ago, a group came over from California not connected with those that have been there for two years. They determined that it was their time to come over, and they came over with banners and bullhorns saying again that uh, Allah is not God, Muhammad is not a prophet, that you are doomed for an eternity in hell. Well, beloved, perhaps what they said was exactly true. But let me ask you, do you think that they won anyone over to the love of Christ with that kind of an attitude? As a matter of fact, it broke out in an all-out riot. 
that, that now two years of work has gone back to ground zero that needs to be rebuilt again. Relationship needs to be rebuilt. When we go and we declare and we, when we speak of, of those and in that way, beloved, we're not drawing people by compassion. In essence, what we're saying is, I'm better than you are. I, I, I'm up here and you're down there and the only way that you're going to get to me is by believing this. That may be true. It's all in the delivery, folks. It's all in the delivery. How do we deal with situations like Galatians 6 where Paul says, Brethren, if any man is overtaken in any trespass, you who are spiritual, restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness, considering yourself, lest you also be tempted. Bear one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. There's too many times within the body of Christ I have seen those who ought to be spiritually mature look at someone who is stumbling, someone who is failing, someone who is struggling in their faith, and come with a condemning finger and condemning words rather than an outstretched arm and a hand to encourage, to lift up, to bear one another's burdens. Do we need to speak the truth? Absolutely. But we need to speak it with the very love of God into the hearts and lives, not only of those who are perishing outside of Christ, but also within the household of faith that so desperately needs to be encouraged because, man, the world is not encouraging. We come in together, we're beaten up, we're struggling. We need to encourage, we need to lift up one another. Secondly, speaking the truth in love, absolutely. But the flip side of that, the flip side of that, is for the body of Christ to grow up. Sometimes the fact is, is we need to grow up. There's a multitude within the body of Christ, and yes, even within our own fellowship, who Paul would say the same words to us as he did, that by now you ought to be teachers of the word. By now, you ought to be mature in your walk in Christ to where you're able to share that truth with others and you ought to be encouragement to others. But you know what? You're still just a baby. You're still drinking milk while you ought to be eating the meat of the Word. Beloved, it's time for the church of Christ to grow up. It's time for us to no longer be at ease in the comfort of, of, of the freedoms that we have to say, oh, yeah, well, yeah, I'm a believer, but I don't let that affect my life, you know. I don't let it interfere with my life at all. If you're truly a believer, that ought to impact every area of your life, every aspect of your life. And you and I, as the church, ought to be continually maturing in our faith. And if you're no more mature now than you were 10 or 15 years ago when you came to Christ, beloved, it's time to grow up. It's time to take the truth that's there and to adjust your own life accordingly. And he says that we might grow up in all things into him who is the head, Christ. We need to continue to press on into Christ. And even Paul did not say, hey, you know, you need to be uh, you know, at the level that I am. No, he says you can look at me as an example. But he also said, but I don't figure that I've apprehended everything. I continue to press on toward the high call. Every one of us, I don't care how long we've been in the Lord, how mature we are, there's still growth that needs to take place. There's still a responsibility you and I have before Christ to be the men, the women, and the young people that Jesus died to save. Jesus gave his all, not for your comfort, not for your happiness, but for your salvation.
to draw you from an eternity away from God, an eternity without the, not, without the experience of His being a part of your life, to draw you away from an eternity of punishment, to have an eternity in His presence. And with that comes a great responsibility. Grow up in Him. Thanks for joining us for today's edition of The Open Word. Pastor David will continue verse by verse through the book of Ephesians next time. Now, we want to encourage you to become a Facebook friend with us. Log on to TheOpenWord.com and follow the link to The Open Word Facebook page. To stay current with what's being broadcasted here on The Open Word, subscribe to our Twitter feed at The Open Word Radio. You can subscribe to The Open Word Podcast at TheOpenWord.com or search for The Open Word in the iTunes Store. The Open Word Podcast is always available and completely free. If you're like most people, you probably use a smartphone. Once you subscribe to The Open Word Podcast, you'll always have solid Bible teaching available to you anywhere, anytime. So log on to TheOpenWord.com and subscribe to The Open Word Podcast. And to become our Facebook friend, follow the Open Word Twitter feed, or to access the archive of messages, log on to theopenword.com. Well, that's all the time we have for today. We invite you to join us again for the next study of Pastor David's teaching through the book of Ephesians. That's next time on The Open Word.